you're quite a, you've had quite a, oh yeah, you click that Brendan? Okay. So you've had quite a life, uh, I've been hearing bits and pieces about it, um, so I'm just, I'm just going to take you back to your first kind of, um, when you got on the spiritual path, um, how long are we going back for that, what year are we going back to there? I was in chiropractic college, um, and um, so probably about eight, 1984. <laughs> 1984. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what was the trigger for you? What was the? What happened? Um, Is there some kind of awakening, realization? Um, yeah. Well, I um, I'd lived a fast life in New York City. I'd gone to. Uh, New York when I was 19 and I'd lived a really fast life and then I decided that I needed to get onto the healing, get onto more of the healing. There, no, it's no? just that generally, I mean, I, generally. I don't have issues with my hearing. Oh, okay, okay. okay. nobody's hearing what's going okay. on. Okay. Is anybody else having that as well? Very low, low voice. I'm, I'm loud. Okay, you'll have to project. Um, so, yeah, so I was, I was in chiropractic college and for the last year, you know, you see patients, you treat patients, and you, so you've studied eight years at this point. So I had a four-year pre-med, bachelor's of um, pre-med, and then I was in my uh, finishing my four years of doctor of chiropractic in the States, and um, they called me into the office, and they said to me, it's clear to us that you're not doing chiropractic, with your patients and if you continue to not do chiropractic with your patients then we're not going to graduate you we're not going to give you your doctor of chiropractic degree and i didn't know what they were talking about because i th i thought everyone asked you know the great mystery for help and apparently that was like one of my first real aha moments that oh not everybody's on the same page even in chiropractic college so um and then i yeah then i realized oh maybe i'm you know not doing what everybody else is doing and did you just tell the line or did you did you did you leave there or what how, what happened next um well i didn't really know what they were talking about um so I kind of started to ask other people, you know, do you, do you ask God for help when you're with a patient? Do, do, you, do you ask something greater than yourself? Do you? And then I realized that, oh, actually, this is quite unusual. <laughs> um, so I just continued to do what I was doing because, I mean, I knew that I didn't have any power. I knew from where I'd come from like it wasn't me that was doing it helping these people um and i just continued doing what i was doing and i and they graduated me so yeah and what's so unique or what's so powerful about because you do you still to this day yeah. practice chiropractic work yeah. and you feel it's a very spiritual kind of uh, aspect to it yeah. <clears throat> and getting the physical right but also there's a spiritual component yeah yeah what's what, what's What's the one thing you found in chiropractic work that's really helped people? 
Well, um, the, when, when the first chiropractic treatment was given, that was in 1895 in Iowa, in America, um, the man came in, he was a janitor, he was a black man. He came in to see Palmer, who, who was then the founder of chiropractic. This was at, right at the beginning, 1895. And um, what Palmer believed was that um, our spine housed our spirit. And he called it, um, he called it innate intelligence. He said inside each one of us is, is innate intelligence. And he believed at the start of chiropractic that if you freed up your, your spine, your innate intelligence, then you would join with what he called universal intelligence. So I, I loved that idea and I thought everyone was on that wagon, but not everyone was on that wagon. But I love that about, I love that's the basic philosophy of chiropractic, you know? It was never about come in for your bad back. It was come in and get connected to mm. universal intelligence. And um, so I, I love working from that um, point of view. That yeah, I've had some amazing, has anybody else had chiropractic work yeah. done ever? Yeah? Mm. Witty Vaughn, yeah? yeah? Highly recommended, I presume. Yeah, highly recommended. Okay. <laughs> there was a bone called the Atlas Prophylax. You know this particular one? It's supposed to be very spiritual. Yeah, this bone. Yeah. And there was a guy coming here to realign that years ago. Did you meet mm. him, Ranan? I've been around them. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I've had some adjustments myself, and you kind of go, wow. Yeah. Your whole shift changes, yeah. Yeah. So you've well, yeah, the first bone in the neck is the Atlas. And it, if it's off in any way, you know, your brainstem is there. So you've got your brain, which is like the engine of the car, sending all the messages down. And if the atlas is a bit off, yeah, then you're not getting full messages down into your system. So like when I work with a horse or with um, a dog, on a horse especially, really easily, if you just come behind their ears, and give a wiggle to that bone, that's their atlas. The atlas on the horse, it's like a big steering wheel. Yvonne, um, if we tested anybody here now, would their, would their atlas most probably be out? Or do you find people, oh, it's fine. Or is nearly everybody's out, I'm just wondering. Well, the, the emotion at C1 is fear, interestingly enough, okay. that we're, yeah. So, so, most people so out. yeah. Brendan, can you bring in the horse that we have back <laughs> Could we do a little demo? Would you like to do a little demo? Yeah. Could, would someone volunteer? We're insured. <laughs> so this lady here, yeah, you, you want to you come over? Yeah. And we just maybe sit in front of Yvonne and we'll get a sense of your... Right. Just my shoulder. Every bit of me here is... Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. So just what are you going to say about what's going on for you? As in physically? Yeah. You? How are you doing? Well, I have a lot of tension always in my jaw, okay. my neck, mm. my shoulders. Yeah, okay. so I'm always like tight. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting too. Our our jawbone yeah. is right beside C1. I find yeah. like I'm always like this, and then I go, oh, relax your jaw. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe we'll do something with that. Yeah. So when I bring my hands to C1, it's a little bit off on the left. Okay. Isn't it? Can you feel that? It, it sticks out more this okay, side yeah, here yeah. than here. Oh, yeah, I feel that. Probably everyone could feel it if they wanted to. Yeah. If you didn't mind, yeah. if they want to. 
Their own one, or her art, you mean? Yeah, well, or... <laughs> but yeah, yeah, if, like, yeah, if you come off of, you know, your occiput yeah. and feel, I can go around and feel. Yeah. It's one higher like. than the other, is that what you're feeling? It's, it's sticking out a bit more on the left. Yeah. I'll show you what I'm feeling. So this sticks out here on the left yeah. more than here. Yes, yes, You've yes. got more bones sticking here than here. Like there's nothing here and there's a bone here. You knew here. that. Yeah. So just by like what we do with the horses, if you give it a bit of a wiggle and think of something that you love, you know, because everything's shifting, isn't it? Everything. And I love that in treatments or in workshops, everything's just an idea. So you can have another idea. Whatever isn't working for you, you just have another idea. <coughs> so you decide, you know, my, my jaw's gonna free up and my, and you, you know, and you can ask the great mystery. That's what they call it in New Zealand. They don't have gods much there. But especially when you ask something greater than you, the help is always given when we ask. And we don't really ask enough, do we? You know, like whenever someone comes in for a session, or even now, in a workshop, see what, it, what is it that you really want to ask for? Because there's such power when two or more are gathered together. So maybe just have a quick think, and put that request out there. Or you could even put it into the middle of the circle. What you'd like to take with you when you leave. Or what you what you want to what you want to have or be maybe you just want to see one balance so you're more in love and less in fear when you adjust to see one Yvonne is it quite gentle or do you sometimes have to do that those clicks that we see um I work very gently because okay. I don't believe in force to me, force is violence, but that's my way. Um, so people come to me that like that. Mm. And then for other people, something forceful is exactly what they need. Mm. So and they wouldn't come to me because they go, oh, sure, she didn't do anything at all. Yeah, too gentle. So. <laughs> so let's go to like some of the lands you visited and, and talk about the spiritual life you've had. India's been very big for you, New yeah. Zealand. And now you're back here. Well, you, you kind of frequent Ireland and India. Yeah. Um, and you've lived in New Zealand for quite some years. Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. yeah. So let's start with India. What, was, what impact did India have on you and what teachers impacted you while you were in India? What did um, you learn? Um, <laughs> they, um, well, the, you know, I just said to someone the other day, we were down in Clonmel doing a children's clinic and you know the other one of the other osteopaths said why 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 do you keep going back to india and you know i messed up getting my um residency in new zealand because every winter i went to india and then of course immigration new zealand said well if you want immigration here you have to live here you know you can't be in india every winter um so what yeah he said so what's the deal with india anyway and uh, I said to him, I said, there's such a heart connection there. We don't have it in the West. They have such um, a big heart. We don't have it because we're more, we've got the big mind. And they've got, you know, they're totally right brain. 
which is why I, I do well there. Um, so I do a lot of organic gardening when I'm there. And um, so, you know, we have all the different nationalities coming in and doing organic gardening. And all of the Europeans, you know, they put the beans and the peas in, in a straight row because they're going to grow up the trellis. And of course, the Indians couldn't plant beans in a straight row it, to save their life because they're right-brained. They just don't, they can't do linear. They don't do straight lines. They don't do logical thinking. You know, they're that chaotic right brain, mm -hmm. which, you know, I, I love. Just, but of course, we need balance, you know which is why I have to come back to the West and, you know, get more balanced Because there's a lot of heart in Ireland as well, you feel. Yeah. 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 So is there similarities between Ireland and India? Yeah. Yeah. The people similar or very... Um, I suppose what's similar is we've both got that sort of mystical mind, which is quite rare. Like, to me, you know, throughout Europe, they don't have a mystical mind, but in Ireland, we do. I sure will have a go, won't we? And we oh, we'll go for it. We'll do it. We're we're into the miracle. We're into the we're into ah, sure, yeah. Let's just yeah. Uh, so that would be a bit similar with um, uh, India. You know, in that they you know they've got. Um, yeah, it's it's hard, really, isn't it? And I mean, both countries have um, got liberated from the English. Mm. You know, Sri Aurobindo, I'm around his ashram a lot. I love that ashram because it's a very mature ashram, talking about what teachers do I love. I spend time at Aurobindo ashram because there you can be part of the ashram if if you're in service to the betterment of mankind, you don't have to do yoga, you don't have to get up early, you don't have to not eat meat, you don't, you know. So it's like, to me, it's a really mature ashram. If you're about helping mankind, if you're about the betterment for mankind, if you're doing it with food and you're doing it with architecture and you're doing it with water, you, we're all in, we're all equal and we're... Anyway, Sri Aurobindo, he fought for the independence of India and he really followed the what we did in Ireland. And they have a great love from their leaders of Ireland and Tagore. A lot of them had a great love of the Irish. And I think it's because of our similar mystical mind and our ability to be spiritual, whatever you want to yeah, call that, yeah. you know. But, um, did you have an intense practice there? Did you, did you meet up with any gurus? Did you go into a cave? What was your, what was your vibe? <laughs> Oh well, I had to. I had to try it all. Um, I did do the month silent retreats. Okay. Um, you know, you can start on a ten-day silent retreat, or you can start on a weekend, and then you do a week, and then you can go on to a month. And people probably um, have done vipassana. Has anybody yeah. here done vipassana? Seven days. You've sat and done. No, they've all done caves as well. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever done a silent retreat? Okay, I let's do one, one now. Just for we're going to do one now for ten seconds. <laughs> okay. I did one in Belfast. Yeah. So you did a month. What was that like? You yeah, want? yeah. Um, well, they're they're always different, and um, 
so you know it's like life isn't it so like I would have done one uh, month silent retreat and I would have been absolutely in the hell realms with the nice. worst demons darkness devils I mean I was absolutely terrified and then I went to my next I went back for more I went to my next one expecting you know almost with you know armed ready for the you know the demons and uh, I was absolutely angelic realm I was completely one month in you know with the trumpets and the cherubims and the it was quite something I didn't want to stop I didn't want to stop you know it's like but why did you go into fear in the first place no because you because you were trying to stay did your mind go nuts or I don't know. Well, I think what you learn in, um, or what I learned in um, silent retreats, maybe then you don't even have to bother and waste your time doing them, um, it's um, that you, you really clearly get to see that the mind, it's just a drunken monkey on roller skates. You really, you sit there for a month and you see your mind it's this drunken monkey on roller skates and it does this and this and this and this and like sometimes it's heaven and sometimes it's hell and there's some great gift that comes where um, one of the teachers that I've enjoyed um, Tony Parsons, an English Advaita man one thing that he said that I loved, he said what happens is Eventually, it's like the mind, instead of being, you know, the yapping dog, trying to run everything and be in charge, the mind takes its right place. And in his book, the right place for the mind is that it sits quietly by our side. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that. And maybe just do that now. Give your mind permission, if it needs it, to sit quietly by your side, like a, like a happy dog, like a happy, well-trained dog. Not a drunken monkey. Not a. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask you very. Like, I get asked this question a lot by people. So, when you're going through your day and you get a thought and it's quite negative and it's it's a thought that comes frequently and it upsets you, and um, people say, "Well, should I just go and distract myself and do something I like doing so I can forget about the thought?" Or is that a sign that I need to go and sit with that thought and deal with it? Like, what would you advise people to do when they have a thought, that, a recurring thought that upsets them mm. on a regular basis? Would you say go and sit with that, go and work with that? Um, well, my, my call, my word with it all, I just say help. Because really, I, I tried all the other things. I did many, many disciplines, many years, all the different probably sat with most of the teachers around the world um, and what I've come down to now I just really say help because in truth we don't really know what to you know we don't really know right. y you know like like you know I mean I, I've got degrees in education and a doctorate and you know I've studied a lot of things and being with a lot but, and I've seen 60 patients a day in America for years and, you know, worked with people. All, but I don't know. I have no idea. You know, I really don't know. I've just got to say, help. And the help comes. Because, because and it, actually, I think that's why you came along when you came along. Because I really, I was in this place of, I suddenly said, I need to surrender more 
I need to surrender more into the great mystery, you know, because I can do what I do and what I know. And I really, I really was like, okay, I need to just surrender more, you know, and just, it was, it's a sort of a, a cry for help, but it's called mm. surrender. And as I just, you know, sort of melted into not knowing, because I don't, um, not knowing is a great place to be, actually. Mm -hmm. You get the feeling of that, not knowing? Because mm -hmm. the mind, you know, has opinions and has judgments and all this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When I went to see Adi Ashanti, I was sitting there and I thought, Jesus, I'm doing this like 12 years, I haven't got a clue. Because <laughs> he, he was saying that, you know, you're, you're the, he says, so most people here in this room would believe you're not your thoughts. And we all went, yeah, we're not our thoughts. He said, that's, that's cool, you know. Some people do think they're their thoughts, you think you're not. So what do you think you are? You're the observer of the thought. And we all kind of went, and he went, you're not that either. <laughs> and you're like, where is he going with this? And he was going to this place of oneness, where there's nothing else in the realm except this one being. So it's like, but it kind of flips you out because you're trying to get it with your mind. You know? But anyway, back to this, Yvonne. Um, so when you work with someone on a healing, anybody here in this room, if you're working with them, how would you, how would that process unfold? Okay. So a, a typical um, a typical visit, um, I really believe in the power of intention. So right away, I want to know what's your intention. What do you want to get out of this? That's number one. Because when you come for a treatment or in a workshop, it's all about you. It's all about what you want. You know, I'm fully into service of that. And it's really good, again, because you're asking for what you want. And so much we don't ask for what we want, and then we wonder why we don't get it. But well, guess what? We didn't ask for it, you know? And like the great mystery doesn't necessarily know, you know, like all the specifics. So like the more specific we can be, the better. So that's really important. And I often, you know, when someone makes the appointment, I leave that with them. And maybe then they come in and they don't have an intention. And that's, that's perfect too, that's really lovely, you know. Especially some of the younger ones that are so far ahead and they're so blissful and they're just a big yes. They're like, well actually I don't, I don't really want or need anything, you know. I'm just a big yes, I'm awake and I'm fabulous, you know. And my mom wants me to be here. <laughs> You know, um, and so intention-wise, you get many different. You get some people saying, "I want a new house." Some people saying, "I want to let go of this pain." Or yeah, okay. Yeah. So and relationship is big. Relationships yeah. are big one. And that was that was the good thing. I've sat for maybe twelve winters with a. And he's a medical doctor, Dr. Raichura, but he's also a really great spiritual healer. And I've sat with him for you know over my winters. He's at Sri Aurobindo Ashram. If any of you go there, he's. Yeah, one of my major gurus. Um, and yeah, I learnt with him, you know, because he is a medical doctor, he's high caste um, Indian, and, um, and we do loads of couples, everything's about getting the right partner and relationship. And yeah, he's very specific about things, you know, things are very specific. I learnt from him that specificity is, it's important. About what you want? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And say if you state something really powerfully that you want, but the universe has other plans for you, how do you negotiate that? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, well, that's, you know that one. that's an important piece, yeah. 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 
because, you know, often I feel in sessions, you know, that I'm bringing through the message, and I'm, but I'm, I know I'm not the messenger at this point. I know I'm just bringing through this message. But what I always have to add is, you know, because it's the truth, like nothing is etched in stone. And just because there might be one possibility, you know, it doesn't mean that everyone involved with that may have free will and it might not happen in this body, in this lifetime. But, it, but it's definitely a possibility. I love that idea in that movie, you know, where they were bouncing the balls, they were at the, the net and they were bouncing the balls. Was it the Matrix movie? And, um, and they were saying, it's like, you know, you can grab what, any one of those balls, any one of us, and go down that road of possibility and, you know, get the ball in the... But there's also many other bouncing balls for everyone, you know. And I know, like, for myself, when, you know, there was a soulmate guy that I really, really wanted to be with and I really asked for it and, you know, worked towards it. Well, you know, time had gone by and so that when my soulmate guy did show up, I was in a different, I, w I was like, hey, you know, I, I, no, I didn't really mean that, you know, because that's another thing. In time, things change, mm. you know, and what we want this week, you know, fast forward 10 years time, I did not want that guy. So we came along he and it was too up. late? He showed up with a wedding <laughs> ring. I was like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the power of asking what you want for what you want too. It doesn't always come the next week. I was living in A Course in Miracles community in Wisconsin my last two years in America. So this would have been the late 90s. And this guy, a Dutch guy, was in the community. And oh, I just thought he was the greatest thing ever. He wasn't interested in me at all. And then, yeah, 10 years later, he was coming at me with a ring and... And I, but I, you know, I'd been in Ireland, I'd been around the world, I'd been to India. I was like, no way. <laughs> he takes his time, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Ten years. So, let's get on. So we're here to talk about fear to love. Yeah, so, fear to love. Um, let's take a real simple example of how we can move from fear to love. Um, can we talk about love first? Hmm. So... So you feel that we are love, you know, that's kind of what's coming true now. Everybody mm. says you got to love yourself, you know, that one. Um, <laughs> I sound a bit bored saying that. But um, so do we get love from other people? I mean, we're, lots of people are looking to meet a person or they're already with a person. So mm. I'm, I'm fascinated by that lately because I'm just wondering if we are love, then why do we need love? Mm -hmm. You know, Marianne Williamson said last night, we're not here to get love, we're here to give love. Mm. That kind of changes everything, right? Mm, nice. So, what do you feel about that? That's nice. You know, what's love to you? Um, well, love, love is who we are. You know, love is what, what the universes are, you know. I mean, if you look at the size of us and then, you know, get broader into the world, get broader into the universe, further, further, further into the stars, into the Milky Way. To me, that's all love. That's what love is. And it's eternal. It goes forever. And so I think it's, and because it's such a multi-layered, fabulous 
tapestry, we're all in our, in our own way growing in, into that. So we're, wherever you're at, you're growing into that because it's who, it's who we are. And we're just on different pages of that book. You know, and maybe, you know, for example, with my sister and her <coughs> husband, you know, that was a perfect play for her of growing in love and having two children. And my, my sister always used to say to me, oh, Eve, you're so great with your gurus in India and going around the world and all you do. You're wonderful. And I said, no, so I bow to you. You've got your two little gurus, your children, in your house with you 24-7. You don't get a break. I said, I bow to you. And you've got a husband. You know who you... I said, if I'm fed up with my guru, I just... Say, see ya. I said, no, you're the real, you know, you're the real master. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm on the easy street. I, I, I'm, I do runners every, you know. So I think we all get our perfect. For someone else, it's an animal, isn't it? I love working with animals because there's such a love affair going on. You know, and, and another, and I love also for a while there was working with pregnant women. You know, there's such love that flows. That's how we all come in. I mean, have you been around pregnant women? There's so, there's so much love, otherwise none of us would be here. You know, there's so much love flowing so that birth can happen and that, that creation. You need what? to start hanging out with them. I don't know where you get them. <laughs> Brandon might know. Um, so if someone comes to you and they're in a place of fear mm -hmm. and you want to move them to love, mm -hmm. how would you go about that? Um, well, definitely on a, on a body level, C1 is major. You know, whether it's the animal or whoever it is, the little baby, because even a, a baby's coming out of the birth canal, often the head's being pulled around. So C1 is a major fear to love. And for anyone, just a bit of a wiggle there, because it frees up the brainstem and breathing res the respiratory mechanisms at the back of the brain here. So, like when I was um, when I was first in practice in Madison, Wisconsin, my neighbors—it was the medical school. They, it was an M MD school, and after a while of having all different receptionists on my front desk, I found that my best receptionists were the medical students because they were like into the body and into health and they were just, you know, as passionate about it that I, as I was. And what happened was as part of their pay, they all got a treatment and all of them, for all of them, their asthma went away and their allergies went away. And they were like, what happened? And it, it's all brainstem, because it's respiratory me mechanism. You free up C1, you free up brainstem. You know, which was why after I was in chiropractic a while, I really got onto the cranial work. Because the head is so important, it's mm -hmm. the engine of the car. If this is balanced and hooked up, you know, you're Superman, you're Superwoman. Mm -hmm. You're about your business. So, um, and as well, you know, Yvonne, we spoke about this earlier about bringing, you, know, you have a situation like a boss or a, a relationship or something going a bit funny that you, you know, if you look, if you, if you stop and sit with it and, and stop looking at it from fear and look at it from love, you can change the perspective on the situation. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sure people have all experienced that where they have a conflict and then you start thinking about where the other person's coming from and so I'm sure you work on that level as well. Yeah. 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 Shining yeah. a bit of love on it. Yeah, well I work I get to work too quite a bit with family constellation because a lot of the fear stuff starts in the family of origin. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, I mean, we can even do that now because it's so powerful. Because the first place, where is the first place that we receive love? Where's the first place that we receive love? Mother, yeah, yeah. The mother is the first place we receive love. And so we want that to be flowing as much as possible. So what I get to do quite a bit in sessions is, right up the front is, we all need, and I need it too, we all need to give thanks to our mothers for giving us life. Because without our mother, none of us would be here. She carried us for nine months. She gave birth. You know, and I mean, this isn't making okay anything that wasn't okay, but this is opening up that flow of love. Because if that's flowing, then we can receive love from everywhere else. And if that isn't flowing, it's not gonna flow anywhere else. So one thing we can all do now, and I get to do this a lot in sessions, you just see your mother in front of you, you thank your mother for giving you life, and you bow to your mother. You bow to her greatness. You bow to the divine mother in her. You bow to that. And if you have outstretched arms, not only is it you know, in honor and in humility, you're also receiving. It opens up the receiving of the love. And that's the first place that love comes in. And again, whatever shouldn't have happened and wasn't okay, that's on another, you know, pop that aside. But the first flow of love is mother. And if that gets flowing even a little bit more, yeah. Because otherwise, every woman that we're meet, meeting, we're working out what we didn't work out with our mothers. Mm -hmm. Just like every man that we meet, we're working out what we didn't work out with our fathers. That's where love starts, with the mother and the father. So very, very precious, very special. And if we can see and bow to the, uh, what a wonderful guru, what wonderful teachers, the, everybody's mother and father is their most wonderful teacher, the first one. And if we get that flowing and jiving, then the rest is easy street. It's like in Ho'oponopono, right? Ho'oponopono is it's the Hawaiian way of healing. It's I all about. Forgive you, I love you. Yeah, it's all about healing the child, because each one of us, until we don't, we have a part of us that's still back there in emotional trauma. And so when we do go towards love, often it's our little child self that was hurt and wounded and is still there with emotional trauma going, ah, oh, ah, I don't think so, oh, oh. You know, so the more again that we bring love to the mother, and let's do that now too. Let's bring love to any part of us back there in time. 
Because as we give love and as that part of us gets filled with love, <coughs> see the Hawaiian healers, the Ho'oponopono shamans or whatever they call themselves, um, they believe that once the child is healed, the adult is healed. Mm -hmm. To them, everything is about healing our small self. So that's a lovely thing. So how was that? No. Yes. Um, soulmates. <coughs> you mentioned soulmates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you believe that that's a thing, that there's a soulmate for everybody? An agreement before you came here to meet somebody? Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, well, again, it's, you know, it's like what level are you at, you know? Right. Um, you know, if you get the, you know, if you're on the eternal, there is no out there, out there, then obviously there's no soulmates either. But so we'll honor that there's no out there, out there level and we'll come down a bit to, <laughs> there is an out there, out there. Um, yeah, so when there is an out there, out there, yeah, definitely. But what I, what I really love working with too is everyone, I believe, has soul family. You know, if you believe in that idea that we've had other lifetimes, we've been on other planetary systems, so we have, and that's one thing that we do, can do now, we do in sessions, call in your tribe, call in your soul family. And actually, you, what you want to have is some of your soul family around you, and then at that point, call in the romantic soulmate, so you've got a bit of your gang around you, because the soulmate is not for the faint-hearted. You know, if you, if you join with soulmate, um, I mean, I know many, there are many around, and it's absolutely fabulous, but it's quite intense, because all relationship, to, I really believe, fundamentally, is about purification. We come together to purify. So we've got our love story, but really we're knocking up against each other and cleaning each other up and becoming the diamonds. You know, we're all mm -hmm. diamonds. We're all under pressure. We're pieces of coal getting that chipped away, aren't we? So, yeah. Did you so, do a little practice for soulmate connection, did you say? Um, did you say that to me earlier? Yeah, well, yeah, you can call in. Yeah, we can all call in. It's like, you know, you put out the call and be su don't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. A little mating call. Yeah, so you just, um, if you want to do it now, you know, what you, you say to the great mystery or God or whatever that is, you know, please, I'm ready for my soulmate. <laughs> You might what have to wait. <coughs> huh? It's okay. It's okay if you're married. What happens in this circle stays in the circle. <laughs> Husbands and wives will not be informed. Of um, we'll take a break soon, but I'm, I'm fascinated by the Maori because I think they're really cool. Do, do people know the Maori kind of dudes? The kind of. Yeah, it's quite fascinating, you know. So. Mm. You were there for a long time, and you worked mm. very closely with the Marys. Mm. What did you learn from those dudes? Mm. Oh, wow, what a gift. Um, has it, who's been to New Zealand? Yeah. So there's an incredible beauty in the land, isn't there? There's a power in their land. And um, it's because the Maori really are all about the land and 
honoring the you know mother earth and the land and um, so when I got to work with some um, Maori healers I was on a three day there were mainly Maoris there um, and they let me in um, and they really are into part of that power and magic of their land it comes from that they're really connected to their ancestors. To them, ancestors are everything. And actually, we can do a mini bit of that now. Because when you connect up with your ancestors, with the ones that went before you, they're cheering you on. They want the best for you. You know, and when you say to, when you turn back and look at your ancestors and thank them for all that they went through, so that you could be in such a place of privilege in this lifetime. Again, the more we honor and give thanks and acknowledge our ancestors, the more the power <coughs> is with us. And that's, the, that's part of that Hakka power and Maori power. I mean, when the Europeans came in, they didn't push the Maori over. Maoris are in politics. Maoris have their own universities. Women are throughout, you know, they're completely, you know, and they're a spiritual, powerful, beautiful people. And what a gift to New Zealand. Um, so yeah, so you, you connect with your ancestors and then you feel them. So we did a three-day workshop on this down in Fekatani, a real Maori area. A family constellation, was it? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so um, it was so powerful. I mean, it took me about three days to come back to you know, here, because it was like, whoa, we had all the ancestors in, and, you know, we had all the Irish ones, and the, you know, all the other, and we were like, whoa. And so, anyway, I, I really got a clue, an introduction from the Maoris of, you know, that's part of their power. They're so strong. Like, you don't mess with them at all. No. Nobody does. And so, about two years later, in, in practice in Auckland, this Maori woman came in for a treatment, lovely Maori woman. And as she came in the door, I don't, I, I've turned off a lot of what I see because it, it, it's not of any use. But with her, so many of her ancestors came into the room with her. I mean, they just filled up the room. And I said to her, I don't even know why you're here. All your ancestors are here. This room is full with everybody. I have no idea what you're doing here. And, um, and then we got talking. because She said, no, I have to be here. It's about my relationship. So I said, OK. Um, and then as we got talking, we were both at that same three-day workshop in Fekatani with the family constellation and the ancestors. But of course, she had really stayed on it and in touch with it. And, I, that, and then I learned, oh, that's how that works. If you stay in touch with your ancestors, they come everywhere with you. Yeah. I mean, and that was the most powerful session because they were all working on all levels. And, and she really did need it because the guy and her, they, I mean, no wonder they were all there because it was, you know, it was bad news. Mm. Um, they weren't a good match. I mean, they'd come together as we all do, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you, you share your gifts and your teachings and then you're on your way, but she w hadn't, yeah, got to the realization of that yet, but they did split and it was very good, but yay, Maori's, yay.
yeah I'm a fan I'm a fan yeah. so we'll, we'll take a break now and we have some coconut water and we'll have a chat and think about any questions you want to ask Yvonne but in the second half as well let's do a group clearing you're happy mm. to do that with us mm. so everybody leaves here with no problems <laughs> that's the plan is everybody okay Good with that yeah. that's the aim in the second half so take a break and thank you so much Yvonne brilliant thank you, thank you.